Hey Metro, I want to introduce to you some old friends of mine, Amanda and Drew Groves. Uh, you guys have been around Metro for a long time. Uh, matter of fact, Amanda, you were in my youth group lots and lots of years ago. And you guys have four beautiful girls and uh, you're expecting another, right? You're, you're having a girl, right? Are you guys crazy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what are some of the things that have kind of surprised you about parenthood? You know, things that you didn't realize you would enjoy and things that maybe you realize that you don't enjoy so much? Mm -hmm. uh, part of it is being a dad, especially with all the girls, is, uh, it is, I guess, how loyal they are to their daddy, uh, yeah. you know, and how much they can love their daddy. It's, I mean, it's, obviously there's a relationship that has to be developed there, but man, what a, what a great up, you know? Yeah, huge. So. I think the, the biggest up is how rewarding it is. Um, it's and also the probably the biggest doubt is how hard it is exhausting yeah it's very taxing and requires a lot of you and you just forget sometimes how much it's going to require yeah. to have that responsibility to impact someone else's life when it's, you see them growing and taking their next yes. steps and, and sometimes accomplishing you know, things being it like being humble but being honest with yourself that you can take credit for some of the things oh. what would what would you say are, are some of the hard parts of parenting? I think uh, growing up, our kids grew up in a different time than when we grew up. And yeah. mm -hmm. I guess trying to understand that culture and try to try to be ahead of it a little bit of yeah. where they are now and anticipate some of that coming yeah. into their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the, the stresses and the temptations for our kids is just totally different than when we, yes. we were kids. What about you, Amanda? What, what's been harder than you thought? The way I was raised versus the way um, we're trying to raise our girls. It's like night and day, so I'm I started backwards almost. Yeah. So I've had to cut myself some slack, but also ask for help and learn. Yeah. And um, and, and honestly, yeah. I, I think moms have the biggest job in parenting. I really do. I think they carry the lion's share because for many homes, not every home, but for sure. many homes, dad leaves. At least in your home, dad leaves and goes to work and. You're with the kids all day, and it is up to you to essentially keep them safe and to teach them, to grow them, and to grow their little souls, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and mom, way to go, way yes. to go, mom. Nice. You know. <laughs> so, what are what are some of the things that you've learned along the way? Well, I think the biggest thing is that uh, not like, one child is different than another child. They're mm. not all the same. Like you know, there's no cookie cutter nope. like child. You can't say like, well, they're gonna be. I mean, we have four girls, so you know, five on the way, but they're all different. Every single one of them is different. Yeah. And so you have to remember that and like, yeah. you know, and we've, you know, read up on a lot of like, you know, how they're wired naturally from God and all that stuff. And, and that makes a big difference to understand who they are yeah. and how that can relate to them. You guys seem pretty purposeful mm -hmm. in your parenting. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that look like for you guys? Uh, I'd say a lot of reading. I think we try to start with the end in mind. Just like with our marriage, we want to you know, be together forever, so I'm not going to do something that's going to hinder that. So when we're raising our girls, we're trying to um, find people we want to be around, like you know, the way they raise their own children or yeah. um, books that can help us get where we need to go because in so many ways I have no idea how to get there. <laughs> you know, our kids didn't come with some sort of instruction manual no, like no. out of the womb. Here you no. go, and the book to follow. You know? right, yeah. uh, and so, of course, we have the Bible, right? Absolutely. Uh, and God's Word and the church yes. and all that. So yes. purposefulness is bigger for you guys. Yes. What other things do you do? Prayer is very important. Um, serving others. 
um, getting out of our comfort zone, being in God's word as much as we can. And it looks different all the time. Yeah. You know, um, we have a huge range of ages from 12 to like two and you know, infant. So we're reading little baby Bible stories still. And the girls and I are doing like an exegesis on some Old Testament verse yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because we just want to know who God is more. And I want him to be real. Yeah. And, and, the, and you're purposeful in, in church. I see you guys in church all the time. Yes. Is that a big decision that you guys have it made? Is. Absolutely. Yes. And we know that association matters, community matters. Yeah, and, for sure. And you have to you have to have that. And if that's something that you really want, like yeah. you gotta get around people who believe like you do. And that's very yes. important to us. Yeah. He will drag us out of the house in a very loving way. Um, way to go. Which Dad. I appreciate because I'm not a super morning yeah. person. Some of our girls aren't and we could just easily stay home and watch a podcast and worship and read the Bible at home and he's like, Okay, we're leaving and I'm like Yeah, we're going now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, for all the mistakes that you guys have probably made, you're doing something very, very well. And uh, God has blessed you guys. And uh, thanks for being a good example to, to a whole bunch of us. Way to go. What's up, Metro? Hey, happy Mother's Day. Happy, happy Mother's Day, guys. Uh, listen, no matter what your background is, no matter how different you think you are to the person next to you, something we all have in common is that we all have a mom, whether, whether we know it or not. We all have a mom, and that's, that's, that's something that unites all of us. And, and listen, I, was, I ran across this, this story recently, and I don't think we give our moms enough credit. Uh, this story in particular actually uh, gave salaries to moms, and they, and they put all these variables into it, and, and they threw out this really cool chart. You'll see it up on the screen. Uh, listen, uh, salary, in a, in a single year, moms do enough work that they should earn over $140,000 a year. Yeah, seriously. And some of you are still like, it's, it's still not worth, like, that's, uh, that's not enough. Uh, reality is, is that, like, you know, we work 40-hour-week jobs, but, you know, a mom works, apparently, 52 hours of overtime on top of it. And some of you are like, no, I'm still not close to what I pull, but that's fine. Uh, and that's just, that's just crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And then uh, the next graph, go ahead and throw the next one up there. So, so this is really kind of like what they do. They are pros in everything. They are your executive chef. Like, like, that's crazy. They are your uh, chief financial officer. Like, like this is amazing. This is a, a, an incredible resume. Moms, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Come on, give it up for moms. We are grateful for you. Now, while, while this is a day to, to celebrate, uh, you know, for many, if we're honest, Mother's Day is really hard. If, 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 if we're really honest and, and we think of uh, other people or even in our own lives, maybe you lost your mom and it's the first Mother's Day or it's the 50th Mother's Day, and it is still hard. Maybe, maybe, maybe you never had a relationship with your mom, really. Um, maybe maybe you, you struggle with infertility and you'd love to be a mom, or, or you're single and you would love to be married and have a family. Listen, no matter where you are, know that, that we see you, we know you're here, that, that we love you. More importantly, God sees you, he knows you're here, he loves you, and you are with him, he is with you. So seriously, can we all give these incredibly brave and strong people a round of applause? Come on, come on. For, for all of us, before we hop into this message, uh, let, let's, let's pray real quick. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for, for today. We thank you for this weekend, and we thank you um, for, for, for the title of mother. No matter 
No matter how we may relate to that title, whether we have a good experience or a bad, um, Lord, I just pray that, uh, that you would bless those good mothers out there, uh, that, that a peace would, would go with us in situations that aren't ideal. Uh, Lord, that you would encourage us, uh, whether we are parents or not, to make the most of being influencers of young people. Lord, we thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, we are in a series called Comeback, and today we are doing the, the comeback to parenting. And, and I, want to, I want to tell you how important mothers are. And to do that, I want, I want to share with you a little, a little thing from Scripture here. In, um, in John 19, we're going to see how Jesus treated his mother. Um, some of you are like, you know, nudging your kid, listen. You know, that's, that's good. Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, again, in John 19, this is how Jesus uh, honors his mother. Scripture says, starting in verse 25, standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And for those who, who aren't, you're not fully aware of what's going on in this situation, Jesus is looking at his best friend, John. He's hanging on the cross, being murdered. And Jesus thinks so much of his mother, he says, John, I'm not gonna be around any longer. Take care of mom. Will you take care of my mom? Jesus, about to take his last breath, is honoring his mother. He's bloodied, he's bruised, and he's saying, take care of mom. I'm not going to be around. Take care of her, John. And you know, for me, it really puts that annoying Sunday afternoon lunch into perspective. I want to complain, you know. You're with me. I know you are. You know, Jesus makes us kids look pretty bad in this moment. He really does. The reality is he is dying, and with, his, with, with, with the few last breaths he has, he honors his mom. We should honor our parents. That's, that's what I get from this. Honor your parents. Honor your mother. Uh, but listen, it's, it's Mother's Day weekend. Your crappy Walmart card's not enough. Tell her you love her. Spend time with her. Go be with her. Love your mama like Jesus loved his mama. That, that's, that's what we should get from this. And so listen, in this message, my hope for this message is that I can encourage all parents, and if you're not a parent, don't check out, all parents and influencers of young people, I, I want to encourage all of us to really grab a hold of this calling that we have because parenting matters, influencing matters, getting it right is important, and I hope that when you leave here today, you are inspired to take your next steps in a way, and maybe even, even into your next steps with parenting. Because as parents, let me ask, how many of you want to raise successful kids? You want to raise successful kids? Yes, you don't get that beautiful newborn baby, and and stare at it and think, wow, it's so beautiful. I hope he's a loser. Like, like that's not your thought. Your thought is like, I want to protect this baby. I want to do everything I can for this child. You want, you, want to, you, want to live, you want to live in a way that sets this kid up for success. That's what you want. And according to Pastor Craig Rochelle, um, he says this, this idea of success uh, culture has one perspective, and the Bible has a different perspective. Cultural view, the, the culture, culture's view of successful parenting is raising well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids. Well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids. You know, on the surface, that sounds pretty nice. But if we dissect it at all, 
raising well-rounded kids, like that means we want them to be good in a lot of things. And honestly, that doesn't work out for people. No, I want my boys to be excellent at a few things. And I want them to be, to, to be passionate, have a purpose about one thing in their life and give their life to it and be the best that they can be at it. Not just good at a lot of generic stuff. And listen, education is valuable. I'm pursuing my master's right now. I have two long years ahead of me still, but it is valuable to me. It really is. But to be honest, if my kids get a 32 on the ACT and graduate top of their class, but they do not love Jesus and they do not pursue him with all of their life, it is meaningless. Even, even if they are successful in education, we've missed the point. We will miss the point if they don't know and love Jesus and they don't serve God. And listen, happiness, happiness is an okay goal. I'll give it okay. It's an okay goal. But in my opinion, the problem is that happiness is too small. It's too small of a goal. Culture essentially bows down and worships happiness. Whatever makes you happy, go do it. Whatever makes you happy, go be it. But the reality is what made you happy yesterday is not what makes you happy today. What made you happy one day will not make you happy tomorrow. And that's why I think God said, he, he, God did not say, be happy for I am happy. No, no. God said, be holy for I am holy. The goal should be bigger than the pursuit of happiness. The goal should be the pursuit of Jesus because a byproduct of following Jesus is joy, is contentment, is peace. This is what following Jesus brings into the life of the believer and let's do that for our kids. We should model this for them. Jesus, he, he put it bluntly. He said, what value is it to gain the entire world but lose your soul? well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids. That's, that's not ideal. And Pastor Craig goes on to say, for Christians who are parenting, if you really want to nail this, this is, this is the biblical definition of parenting success. We are called to unleash Christ-centered, biblically-anchored world changers. That's, that's good. That's good. Where, where Christ is first and he is most. Where, where truth is rooted in who God is, and where they use their gifts and talents to glorify God. But if you're like me on a rough day, and, and you, you, know, you see the world world changer, and you're like, yeah, my kids will change it for, for, for much worse. Because, because some days, you know, your kids are just terrible. And, and, so, and so for a lot of us on a tough day, you think like, well, that sounds like a nice idea. Biblically anchored, world changers. That sounds like a nice idea, preacher man, but I'm just trying to keep my kids fed and from killing each other. Like, like, like this, isn't, this isn't a practical thing for me to accomplish. I can hear you right now, and, and I get that. And, and life is just busy, right? Life is busy. I get it. Uh, my wife and I, we get busy, and that sounded really messed up coming out. I heard myself say it. Uh, it's Mother's Day. I'm supposed to be classy on Mother's Day. You know, truth be told, truth, truth be told, uh, man, my wife just cannot keep her hands off of me. And I tell her, I tell her, I'm like, honey, listen, I'm more than a body. I have emotions and feelings, and sometimes I just want to talk. And, and it just doesn't like, you know, you know, get there. Anyway, here's all the information you didn't want to know about your pastor. Anyway, I understand busy. How about that? I understand busy. Oh, uh, man, that's great. I understand busy because, you know, we have kids. We have kids all over the place. We have two outside the womb, one inside the womb, and, and it's just, life is busy. And so you think like world changers, like how can I really practically try to raise that? But, you know, 
for those of you without kids, think, think of this for just a moment. When you want to go somewhere, what do you do? You just go. You just go, right? You put the dog in the kennel, sorry, forgot that. And then you go. Uh, listen, for, for kids, when you have kids, uh, I have learned that with kids, if you want to be somewhere Friday afternoon, you prepare Wednesday night. Like, that's just the reality of having kids. And then starts the whole host of questions. You know, whose shirt is that? Are you wearing underwear? Uh, uh, for, for my family, it's, Locke, stop wiping boogers on the table. Uh, uh, Teddy, don't wear my underwear as your hat. Locke, why are you wiping boogers on the door? Teddy, where did you get that kitchen knife? Locke, I swear, if you wipe another booger on me, fire from heaven will fall on this home. Like, like you know, and then, you, and then I look back at Teddy and he's covered in boogers. And so I'm just like, ah. Life's busy. It's just busy. As you can tell, the Canterbury house is going through a season right now. I covet your prayers, but I get it, okay? Life gets hectic, it gets frantic, it gets busy, with, with, especially with kids. So how can we actually ensure that we are gonna raise Christ-centered, biblically-anchored world changers when we are just trying to keep them fed and to get them to practice on time? The thought can be really overwhelming, and I don't wanna overwhelm you with this. Instead, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all parents and influencers of young people that, that, that in simple ways, in simple ways, we can, we, we can influence our kids or influence others in a more godly manner and perhaps even help your children be more in love with Jesus than you thought possible. And so how, how can we do this? I don't have a perfect formula for you. I'm not gonna say here it is. But, but I do know that what you expose your children to matters. What you expose your children to matters because whatever your children are exposed to informs who they become. Just by nature, just by existing on planet Earth, your children will be exposed to so many negative influences. Exposed to so many negative influences. Just existing, they are exposed to peer pressure. Just by existing, they are exposed to an over-sexualized world, materialism. Like, like, it's just, the list goes on and on and on and on. All the dangerous influences. And this just occurs naturally. So we want to expose them to the right things. Scripture says in Proverbs, it says, walk with the wise to become wise. And so I wanna, I wanna tell you that if you expose your kids to the right things, the right influences, they will become more passionate about the right things. And just a few weeks ago, I was in a uh, Fuel Life Group. Fuel is our middle school ministry, and they meet on Monday nights. And, and so I was, I was helping out, floating around, and I was in a Fuel Life Group. And this middle schooler had, had the new iPhone, of course, and he was just like, you know, scrolling Instagram and Twitter and Snapchatting and everything like that. And can... Can I, just, can I just give you like, like some advice? It's not an opinion, it is an absolute fact. No middle schooler needs full unchecked internet access. That is, that is a dangerous game you are playing. And if we're being honest, most high schoolers don't either. And, and that's just a really bad idea because it is full access to pornography. It is right there, I promise you. It's there at their fingertips. And I know what you're thinking. No, my precious little Bobby would never do that. He is pure-minded. He loves the Lord. He would never, never do that. Listen, I have sat in countless meetings with parents and they thought I was the delusional one. 
And I, and, I was, and I was trying to tell them, no, no, no. Listen, I'm sorry, but your Bobby is among the 80%, 80% of middle schoolers and high schoolers who say they regularly view that kind of stuff. That's hurting them. That is hurting their, their thoughts on love, their thoughts on sex, their, their thoughts on faith and purity. That is ruining them. That is poisoning them. We need to be parents that, 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 that take advantage of, of our opportunity to influence them in the right ways. Listen, because, because the reality is, on the flip side of this, we should not force our kids to love God. We, we, we should not force our kids to love God because if you do that, they will become rebellious. They, they will rebel against that. We need to just expose them to the right stuff, the right things, the right people, the right influences. It will increase their likelihood that they will fall in love with Jesus, I can assure you. I'm thinking... We need to expose our kids to the right stuff. If we're going to raise Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers, then we've got to lead them to that. Parents, we have to lead that. We have to model that. And I would say, this is my first point. We have to expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. And I think one of the greatest tragedies in many of these Christian homes is that they expose their kids to just enough Christianity that they resist it. Think about whenever you get your immunizations, right? They give you a little bit of the disease to build a resistance. I think in so many homes, we give them a little bit of God and they resist it. That, that we say God is important, but we don't live like God is important. I'm not saying you gotta live perfectly, but is God a priority? Is he first and is he most in your life? Then why would you expect your kids to not follow that? We, we, we must, we must pe be people who model this. We must be people who practice what we preach. Because Jesus prays in John 17, 3. He says, he says um, that his one desire for his children, that they may know you, God, the only true God. We've got to expose our kids to the joy of knowing God personally. And see, like I, I hear these scary statistics all the time out there, that, that, that young people are rejecting God, that the, young, that the next generation are, are leaving the church and all these terrible things are happening, and that the church is going to be like dead in the next, within the next generation and just all of that. Listen, young people, the next generation, they are rejecting stale, empty, hip, hypocritical religion. They are not rejecting Jesus. They are rejecting fake rule following. Because if we reduce our faith to just a bunch of rules to be followed, they will reject it all day long. That is what they will do. No, we want to encourage a vibrant relationship with God. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Let me say that again. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Model this. Model it. Live it out. So how do we expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. There are a lot of ways, but, but two things that my wife and I work really hard at is that, is that we try to like, uh, show our boys the power of prayer and the power of the Bible. That's what we try to do. It's, it is prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. It's not just one, it is both. Prayer and the word. And listen, prayer doesn't have to be some big holy existential moment in a five-year-old's life. Don't do that to them. Don't think of it that way. Just make it practical for them. So, so don't think that Pastor Kevin and his wife Kelsey have this thing down pat. We do not. I assure you, our youngest, uh, Teddy, he's two years old. Listen, at night, every single night when we pray, we always pray for the same things. 
we pray like, hey, God, thank you for today. Thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful things that happened today. Thank you for our church, our home. You know, you go through all that. Uh, thank you for baby uh, Raphael Trojan. Those who know the Trojans, we always, we always pray for them. And we pray for sick Aunt Nancy because Aunt Nancy's always sick, you know, and pray for police officers. We go through the whole list. And then, guys, I kid you not, my son, he, he yells at me if I don't do it. We have to pray for Boss Baby from that stupid movie, Boss Baby. <laughs> Teddy says, Boss Baby, Boss Baby, Boss Baby. So we literally pray that Boss Baby comes to salvation. And uh, listen, listen, <laughs> to my knowledge, Boss Baby has not yet come to salvation, but I am not going to discourage my little boy's prayers. I'm going to teach him that prayer changes things. And, and you know what? Let's pray for Boss Baby. It's just a face. Uh, I hope. Uh, but then there's the word. So there's prayer. There's prayer and then there's the word. Reading the Bible doesn't have to be a rule in your house. Reading the Bible for my kids is not a rule in our house, but it is a personal discipline that I take on, that my wife, Kelsey, takes on. And we read our Bibles every single day because, listen, every single morning, I make a point that my boys see dad in the Bible, that he grounds himself in something more than just the phone or more than just trying to look out the window, more than anything. I ground myself in something that matters and they see that dad is in the word and then I try to apply it. They see me in the word and they see me love their mom well. They see me in the word and I try to be patient with them. They see me in the word and I just try to live out of that. They need to see it for themselves because guess what? Guess who loves reading their Bibles now? It's crazy. You're you're gonna be blown away by this because this is their Bible. It is, it is the Jesus Storybook Bible. And listen, it is falling apart because it gets used all the time because they see, they see dad in the word. They see mom in the word. And so guess what? They want to get in the word that they want to know what's in the Bible. And actually, uh, Charles Spurgeon once said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Man, if that's true, I got Billy Graham Jr. coming up. I got John Piper up next and like Christine Kane in the womb. Like, like, is it like, like where the Canterbury's are just, I want to raise world changers. I want to do it, but I need to model it first. I need, I need to be the dad that's engaged. I need to be living it out for them because listen, with this next generation, if you don't have it in your heart, they don't want it shoved down their throats. If you are not modeling it, stop forcing it on everyone else. Have it in your heart and they will see it. Expose your kids to the right things. This isn't my way of saying, look how we got it all together because we don't. The Canterbury's are not killing it all the time because if we were killing it, they'd be fasting as well. We're gonna wait, we're, figured we'd wait till kindergarten, you know, for that. No. Listen, I want my boys to see that their dad needs God. That's what I want my boys to see. Their dad needs God. I rely on him. He is my source. He comforts me. He convicts me. He compels me to be a better person. He writes me whenever I'm wrong. That like I am completely grateful for what God has done in my life. I want them to see it in my life. And I just want to influence theirs in that same way. And so parents, this is something you can easily do. You can easily do this. Expose them to the joy of knowing God personally by living it out for yourself. Living it out for yourself. Uh, my second point is simply, expose your kids to the power and presence of God in his church. Church should not be a portion uh, of their lives, but it should be deeply intertwined into their lives. They should be a part of something. Never once have my kids ever asked the question, do we have to go to church? 
They have never asked this question. And it's not because I'm the pastor. It is because this is where life is lived for them. They are involved. This is where family is. This is where community happens. They are involved and plugged in. Metro is like a family to them. This is where they want to come. It's a part of who they are. This is where their friendships are. Parents, you have to understand that if you ask the question, hey, do you want to go to church? That's a dangerous question. Because there are so many important things in life that you do not leave optional. Lead your family. Think about it. Think about this. You never get your kids up at 6 a.m. and say, hey, you want to go to school? Because you know what the answer would be. Hey, 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 you want to you wanna go to band practice? Let, let them down? Okay. You want to go to that basketball game? No? So you want to let them down? Okay, I'm cool with it. No, there are so many things in life that, are, that simply are not optional. Think of it this way. If you overrule church for other things, but you never overrule other things for church, you are sending a message. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. If you overrule church for other things, but never overrule other things for church, you're sending a message to your kids. It's what, it's what you're modeling for them. Oh, it's pretty this weekend. Let's stay home from church. Oh, it's raining today. Let's stay home from church. Oh, we were up late last night. We were watching the game. We were watching the movie. Let's stay home from church. Parents, if you only overrule church for other things and never overrule other things for church, you're sending a message to your children. No, we are not missing church because we are tired. No, we are not missing church because you have a game this weekend. No, we are not missing church because we have big plans. No, we're not missing church because because of this, because of that. No, we go to church because we serve God's church. We offer our best to God. We want to experience God through worship. We want to come early. We want to hear some good preaching from Pastor Jeremy. We want to be involved in the church. We want to serve in the church. Why? Because we love Jesus. We will not miss church. It is a priority. It's that simple. We will expose our kids to the power and presence of God in his church. And hear this, parents. You need help raising your kids. I, I need help raising my kids. We need help raising our kids I pray on a daily basis for the men who's gonna come into my boys' lives whenever they are confused, whenever they're uncertain, when they're doubting. Because while I would like them to come to dad for every question they ever have, I'm delusional if I actually believe they will. They won't. They will not always come to me. They will not always come to mom. I want them to be surrounded by people I trust, by people of great biblical integrity. Because listen, I was here for two days I was here for two days. I was hired and I was here for two days and I was already answering life-changing questions for people. Like kids coming to me and asking me about issues in their lives. I was here for two days. That's crazy if I were crazy. But we wanna surround our kids with people who are grounded in the Bible with great biblical integrity. That's who I want advising my kids. That's who you should want advising your kids. That's why the church matters. This is another reason the church matters. We must expose our kids to the power and presence of God in his church. So let's review. We want to expose our children to the joy of knowing God personally. We want to expose them to the power and presence of God in his church. And last point, and we will wrap up. Last point, expose them to the thrill of being used by God. 
We want, them, we want our kids to find their calling, right? We want them to find their life calling. We want them to find their passions, right? We want them to be Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. So how do we do that? We empower them to serve here at Metro. And listen, we do that very well. I have a couple of examples. Uh, I got Caleb. Caleb is 14 years old and he runs lights. And listen, he doesn't just, he does not just run lights for Generation City. He's running lights right now. Like, like he, he serves on the weekend. He's 14. I think that's incredible. He's been doing this for over a year and a half, and he's teaching other students of how they can grow and find their passion and find their calling. That's awesome. That is the church of today in tomorrow. That's the church of today. And then I have Chelsea. Chelsea serves at Baxter's. She's been there over six months. She has a great attitude. She's, she, she loves creating a welcoming environment for customers and visitors to our church. These are young people serving in our church right now. There is no excuse for our kids to not be serving in church and finding their passion and finding their calling. You see, what happens when we expose our children to the thrill of being used by God? When God moves in their life, we can say, wow, isn't that great how God moved in that? Isn't that great how you saw God do that? Isn't that awesome how you prayed for that and you saw it happen? Isn't that incredible? You can point to God through everything because when we realize that God has placed something within them, they're thrilled to be used by God because they wanna change the world. They want to serve God. Parents, influencers, listen. You have the amazing opportunity to form and shape the church of today by inspiring and leading young people now. Not just to be well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids, but you get to unleash Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. And you do that by exposing your children to the joy of knowing God personally, exposing them to the power and presence of God in his church, and exposing them to the thrill of being used by God. Since I'm a dad, I'm gonna cheat on Mother's Day for just a second. Since I'm a dad, listen dads, if you want your kids to see a father in God, let them see God in their father and they will run to him. <laughs> Metro, I love you, uh, but I'm beat. Is it, I, I'm exhausted because, because I'm with you. I'm fighting all these things with you, okay? I'm fighting these things with you. I need help in parenting. You need help in parenting. Let's do this together.